reset, reset, a time to reset our focus and affections away from our own ways and desires and towards the things of the spirit. The theme has begun to emerge in Christian circles as of late and certainly as a direct result of all that 2020 threw at us. Of course, the labels vary from movement to movement based on the theological understanding of what exactly it is we are being called out of and then into. Some variants to reset might be returning to our first love, turning from the dead works of the flesh to life in the spirit, or being led by the spirit and not by circumstances. I think that's a good one for this hour, right? As well as others you may have heard or be familiar with. It was interesting, I got a message this week, earlier in the week from a friend of mine out in San Francisco, and he just said this, reset is going to happen on the 10th. Unsolicited. So it's out there. It's out there. You may have heard or be familiar with, uh, regardless of the label you use, the bottom line to all of this is that the Lord is calling his bride to prepare herself for a more intimate interaction with him and his kingdom by means of the Holy Spirit. And let me say this up front. If you want more of Jesus, if you want more of his kingdom, more of the Holy Spirit with the result of more of the overwhelming love of Father God flooding your life than you, Y-O-U, as an individual, must pursue it. Whatever people around you get as regards God's grace, mercy, goodness, healing, deliverance, or connectedness with the Spirit, it is because they intentionally went after what God is offering. Listen, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is going to fill the church with, in this move of God, it will come to those who cry out for it, who seek it, repent, and abandon their own ways in order to receive it and intentionally pursue it with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus speaking in Matthew 25 beginning in verse 1, says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. So church is a 50-50 split at least, right? For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. And as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourself. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. 
Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. I mentioned a few weeks ago about trimming our wicks in order that we might burn all the brighter. But if you are not full of the oil of the Holy Spirit, then I'm sorry to say that you will not burn at all. And you cannot burn someone else's oil. You must possess your own. For it is the coming together of the wise with full lamps and trimmed wicks who are ready and eager to enter into an intimate relationship with Jesus who will be the corporate expression of the light of his love and dispel the darkness of this age. Listen, we are not here to just give you a word to tickle your ear or so that you can feel like this was a good word or a good service because you felt an emotional response. I'm here today to admonish you toward righteousness and to equip you with the ways and means to apprehend God's best so that you can be apprehended by him for his glory and the well-being of others. I love what Luke records in his gospel in chapter 12. Jesus again is speaking. He says this, stay dressed for action. I could just leave it there. Stay dressed for action. What are you going to wear for action? The whole armor of God, right? Keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Now you may have noticed that I've used the word intentionality several times already this morning. That is because I believe that intentionality is far more, more than a word or even for, far more than an action word. I believe it is one of the primary keys in developing a vibrant and interactive relationship with the Holy Spirit, equivalent to opening the filler cap on your oil lamp in order to fill it with oil. It is your action in the process, one of several that we will discuss and apply in the weeks to come. So what is intentionality? It is a decision, a decision put into action. You make a decision and you put it into action. I want a deeper and richer and more intimate and powerful relationship with the Holy Spirit. But just because I want it doesn't mean I will get it. I need to take action steps towards that desired end and I must be intentional focused, and persistent. That's intentionality. Sound complex or daunting to you? Well, it's not. You see, you don't have to do a grand thing. You just have to do something. Something that is toward the prize, the goal, the end you desire to achieve. 
let me give you an example. Last Sunday night, after having shared on reset and developing a reconnect with the Holy Spirit, I pondered throughout the day what that might require on my part, what steps I might take to deepen my relationship with him. And after considering a number of options that were just my standard list of works-based methods of trying to gain from him what he desired to freely give to me as a gracelet of his love toward me. By the time I went to bed, I had concluded that relational enrichment, husbands and wives, listen, relational enrichment, <laughs> you're going to like this, Martha, <laughs> is best achieved through communication. Ooh. Ooh. Use words, use words. All else fails, use words, right? All, all the grunts I make, don't <laughs> so as I lay in the dark waiting for sleep, I intentionally began to pray internally in my mind. I thanked and praised the Father for his goodness in giving me Jesus. I began to praise the name of Jesus and all it has meant to me and done for my life. And then I began to talk to the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because as I made that transition, I said to the Holy Spirit, I don't want to pray to you. I need to talk to you. I need a conversation. I knew it had to be something distinctly different. I want to love you more, and I don't know how. Don't know how. Would you come and teach me how to love you so that your love can flow through my life to others who need to be loved? This was my intentional request, and I have to be honest, and, and it amazes me that the brain does this. But you can be praying, like, over here, and you're in a whole different place over here. Like, how did I get over here? You know, and that, my mind wandered several times, and I had to intentionally come back to that request. And then somewhere after about 45 minutes and several attempts, I prayed, Holy Spirit, would you come and teach me to love you? And all of a sudden, I love that in the Gospel of Mark, suddenly, the suddenlies of God, all of a sudden, I felt like a, uh, a light garment, almost like when the, the barber throws that little garment over your shoulders, you know, and clips it behind your neck. I mean, it was that light. There was no real weight to it, but it was obvious that, that it was there. Maybe, you know, and I felt it drape over my shoulders, and I knew his presence had come. I felt a weight lift from off of my shoulders, a weight I didn't even know was there until it wasn't. Do you know you carry burdens that you're not aware of? You become so acclimated to the weight of what you carry that you, you're not even aware of it until all of a sudden the grace and the mercy and the loving kindness of God, and you come to him as he instructed, and he lifts it. He lifts it, and all of a sudden, you know, oh, man, I was so heavy, so heavied out. And I heard and felt him say, 
I will lift the burden of self-reliance from off of you, and I will give you myself as your rest. I didn't think I was self-reliant. <laughs> All of you who work with me know that is. <laughs> Bill Johnson, pastor at Bethel, recently posted, it is impossible to hunger after the Lord and not discover him. He is that kind of father. Jeremiah 29, 13, and 14, this is, this is Father God speaking. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. This is a heavenly declaration. If you seek me, you will find me. I will be found by you, and I will restore your fortunes. Wow. What are some of the steps you could take at this time in your life to connect in a deeper and more intimate way with Holy Spirit? Let's start with some very foundational questions in order to make a personal assessment and consider some options to intentionality to take today. First and foremost, I mean absolutely baseline, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you believe he died for your sin and that God the Father raised him from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit? Remember what Jesus said. He mentioned it. We mentioned it last week. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. The Holy Spirit comes because Jesus came. And the Holy Spirit always comes to his own. You must belong to Jesus Christ. If you have given your life to Christ, then Holy Spirit has been given charge over you to empower you, to comfort and heal you, to enable and gift you, and to develop your life and character to bear fruits of righteousness. So I have to ask the question. Is there any here today, whether you're in this room or online, who has never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? I'm going to just pray a simple prayer. And if you need to receive or recommit your life to him, I'm going to ask you to be a little bolder than I normally would. I'm going to just ask you as I pray that you, you would just stand up if you have that need. If you're online, would you just put on the comment box, I prayed. I prayed just to acknowledge that today you invited Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. So we do. We come to you, Lord Jesus, in our frailty, in our lostness, in our brokenness, in the pressures of day-to-day -day living in such a time as this. We bear burdens we're not even aware of, O oh God, and we, we suffer under the weight of them. But you made an invitation. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. Give you rest for your soul. So would you come, Lord Jesus, come and be our Savior, our continually saving Savior. Redeem us 
from the day, time, the circumstances of light and be Lord, be Lord of all. As we lay ourselves low, oh God, and invite you in, would you come? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Of course, second to this, and I, I love this question that the Apostle Paul asked when he meets a group of uh, believers on the missions field, but obviously discern that something wasn't quite right in Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In other words, there was something distinctly else that should have happened when you believed. And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe on the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. The beauty of this is that the giving and receiving of the Holy Spirit is not just another step that we take in our religious journey or another item checked off on a spiritual list of things that need to be done. No, we are talking life here, deep and intimate life. Consider the first biblical reference to the impartation of the Holy Spirit to humanity in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath, pneuma, spirit of life, and the man became a living creature. You feeling dead? You feeling lifeless? Pneuma. Numa, you need a fresh breath from heaven. The imagery is stunning. The God of all creation, full of glory and splendor, kneeling in the wet red clay earth, forms the shape of a human out of the dirt, bends down face to face, mouth to mouth, and inflates this lifeless form with his own breath, and in that life-giving breath, is the very essence of God's spirit. God's initial and ongoing gift to humanity is, has been, and will always be the spirit of life eternal, the Holy Spirit of God, what Jesus calls the promise of the Father. In Luke 24, 29, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed, see that little garment, clothed with power from on high. You use a dose of power 
in this day? I think there's an agenda to make people, not just people, but especially the church, powerless, voiceless, invisible. But we're not. We're not intended to be. We're intended to be full of power, very viable in a world of darkness, lights and salt, things that change the circumstance and the situation just by the reflection of who we are in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is available to us today. If you've not received the Holy Spirit since you believed, you can. If you have but you feel dry or depleted, you can receive a fresh infilling today and be renewed by his life-giving presence. It's this simple, according to Jesus in Luke 11.10. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who, what? Ask. Ask. It's as simple as that. There are no hoops to jump through, right? There's no level you have to reach. You just have to be in Christ, asking for the promise of the Father. And all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. Let me read you this quote from Graham Cook, and then we'll ask together. Does the presence of God have primacy in your life? Have you allowed our spirit to sit at the feet of Jesus? Or are we constantly thinking about our temporal concerns? It seems paradoxical. But if we can learn to rest at Jesus' feet, we will find we can do the temporal things properly. Emphasis on properly there. When we live in our spirit, we don't need reassurance. We have a built-in testimony. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Would you stand with me in a posture of humility and receptivity today as we pray? And you all at home can do the same. If you're viewing, just stand up. You know, it doesn't matter to the Holy Spirit that's going through the airwaves. Actually, he functions well as the wind of the Spirit. So just as a posture of receptivity. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come today. Lord, we have heard this word going through your church right now in America. It's a time for reset a time for refocus, a time for letting go of the circumstances and situations that are trying to rob us of joy, effective living, oh God, 
and a testimony of the power of the kingdom of God and of the work of Christ on the cross and the resurrection. But we will have none of that, O oh God. We want more of you. We want you, Holy Spirit. We ask you, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, Father, would you come and fill us? Whether for the first time or refresh and anew, would you come and fill us again with your Holy Spirit? Reset our hearts, minds, and spirit towards the purposes of your kingdom. Through mercy, goodness, righteousness, and holiness, oh God. We want to be found doing with our lamps burning bright in the day that it's announced, behold, the bridegroom's coming. Come, Holy Spirit. Just begin to touch our lives. Reset our hearts, oh God. Give us more. Give us more of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we give you permission if you want more of the Spirit today, just give him permission. You're a free will agent. Let him in. Let him in. Say, come, Holy Spirit, come in to me. Fill me today. Reset me today. Reset my heart, my soul, my mind and strength today. Holy Spirit, have your kingdom flow. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, if you have been touched by the Holy Spirit today and you just want to go a little deeper in that, there are going to be several uh, people up here uh, to pray with you. As we dismiss, you can make your way up. Uh, for all of those of you viewing today, I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill each and every home. Let them feel your presence abiding uh, among their family, oh God. Father, rectify some family situations, oh God. Restore some relationships today. Lord, lift the burden off that, that couple right now who are suffering under weight of marital difficulties, oh God, and financial difficulties, oh God. Father, would you just fix that by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Just come alongside, comfort them. Father, I release healing by the Holy Spirit for those who need healing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. Just to say